0: Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good people experience bad things? Why is there suffering in the world at all? Can't God just take care of it? In this week's Message of the Week, we continue our worship series titled, Living Our Questions. We've all asked the question, why does God let bad things happen? This week, we hear from Pastor Jen Tyler, who shares from the 13th Psalm. This scripture gives us a foundation of faith even when we ask questions like this. Here is the First Church message of the week.
1: will not you pray with me? Faithful and loving God, as we listen for your word in this time, we ask that you would open our ears, that we might hear your voice clearly in our midst, that you would open our eyes, that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts, that we might love you more deeply, as you rid us from any and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So this weekend, we are continuing with our January sermon series on living out our questions in which we have taken some of the questions that you all were invited to submit uh, and trying to address them as we wrestle together with questions that we might have about life or faith or God. And so as we dive into some of these tough topics and important questions you've chosen, one thing that I want to remind you of is that in this series we are not promising to give you easy answers or even really any answer for that matter as much as we are hoping to be able to wrestle together and to walk together as we wrestle with the importance of asking good questions and diving into honest dialogue about how we see God in the midst of them. I think that's important because the reality is that asking and wrestling with good questions together as a community of faith is one of the greatest ways that I think we can grow in our faith, both as individuals and as a community. And so this week, we are wanting to talk about what I think is likely the single most honest question that I, any of us have ever asked. I have asked it. More than one person uh, submitted this question. It's also one that I've heard probably more often than any other question, not just as a pastor, but also just as a person in my life and having difficult conversations with those around me. That question is, why does God let bad things happen? Or we've asked that question in lots of other ways too, right? Maybe something more along the lines of why do bad things happen to good people? A question that is tough because as soon as we hear it or read it or think about it, We feel it too, don't we? Because we've all had bad things happen to us, to our friends, to our families, in our communities. We've watched the news, we've seen the accidents, we've questioned the diagnoses, and then we've heard the horror stories too. We've seen those terrible, unfathomable shootings happen in schools or movie theaters or churches even. We've wondered both alone and together, aloud and in silence, why do these things have to happen? And we are not the first people or the first generations to ask these questions. In fact, in scripture, this question is asked in different ways many times by some of our most faithful people of faith who've come before us. And today I want to read for us from Psalm 13, in which David asks this question in a different sort of way when he prays and he wonders and he asks, how long, oh Lord? I want to invite you to read this Psalm with me. The words are going to be on the screen if you want to follow along as David asks us, how long, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death and my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Here ends our reading of Psalm 13. Anybody resonate with those words a little bit? How long, O Lord? One of the reasons that I chose this text in specific, while there are lots that we could have chosen on a day like today when we talk about laments and difficult questions, is because I appreciate the way David asks this question of how long are we going to feel forgotten or left out or abandoned, but he ends it not by finding an answer, but by coming back to the reality that he knows that God, who answers in God's own time and in God's own way, has been with him all along. As he says, God has dealt bountifully with me, and so I will sing to the Lord. He answers in praise, even before he gets the good news he's searching. But that's not an easy thing to do, is it? So how long, O Lord, we ask this is, of course, an age-old question that God alone knows the answer to, but it doesn't mean that we can't or shouldn't or won't keep asking it. How long, O oh Lord, will there be suffering? How long do we have to endure this pain or this heartache or this grief or this hardship? How long until we get back to that place that the 23rd Psalm refers to, that place of the still calming waters in which we find our comfort and our peace and our solace? How long until we get to that place? Now, I imagine I am not the only one here today whose mind easily wanders when we ask questions like this to some of the trials and the sufferings or the bad things that have happened in and around our lives. Every time I hear a question along these lines, I think of the suffering in the world. Maybe for you, your worst times of suffering are long past and it drags those up a little bit. Maybe you're able to look back on those difficult times and to give thanks to God as David does. Maybe you give thanks for the strength or the courage or the community or the wisdom that helped you to get through those times. Or maybe, maybe you're in that place today. Maybe you're struggling with something difficult that has happened in your life, or you are meddling through some of your own grief that is raw and fresh, Maybe you're processing a difficult diagnosis of your own or of someone you love. Maybe you're wondering why these difficult things in the world or war or other awful things have to happen. And maybe you're even wondering if some of those terrible things that are coming to mind for you are your fault. Or what maybe you have done to deserve this. But here is the good news. And that is that there is nothing that you have done to cause these hardships or this grief in your life. And whether it's today or in the past, while most of us have asked these tough questions that are not easy for any of us. And when I say most of us, I really mean all of us. I've never met a person who hasn't wondered at some point why or how or when will we see goodness myself included. And yet, as your pastor who stands up here week after week trying to proclaim the boldest and most honest truth I know, I've wondered this question too. But behind that question is a truth that we know and can proclaim. And that is that no matter what has come, what will come, God is good. God is loving and God is all powerful. And on the good days, that truth is easy and welcome and good to proclaim, isn't it? But on harder days when we find ourselves in the midst of difficult circumstances, I cannot help but to believe that I am not the only one who has thought something along the lines of, well, if God is so good and so loving and so all powerful, then why doesn't God use a little bit of that goodness to prevent tragedies or suffering or pain, right? Have you wondered this before? Questions like these are among the few times that I genuinely wish for easy answers. Most of the time, I tend to thrive in what I call a gray world. I don't think the world is black and white. I don't think any of us get it right all the time, which means that all of us get it wrong at least part of the time. And I don't believe in some of the easy truths, if I'm honest, that we like to proclaim in hard times because they make us feel better, right? Like how everything happens for a reason or God won't give us more than we can handle. Those truths feel good at certain times, but for those of us who have been there or those of us who have seen the suffering of others up close, we know that this isn't true, that it can't be, at least not entirely. It can't be true that God doesn't give us more than we can handle or we wouldn't continue to lose someone in the United States every 11 minutes to suicide. Every 11 minutes, someone in the U.S. dies. That's over 135 people every day in 2022 because individuals felt like they had more in their life than they could handle and they didn't see another way out. How long, oh Lord? Now, I don't know about you, but I can't believe that everything happens for a reason either because if everything happened for a reason, there would have to be an explanation for any tragedy that we have ever named or seen or heard of in the history of the world. We would be forced to believe that every act of sexual abuse or neglect of God is okay, because that's part of God's larger plan. If everything happened for a reason, we would be allowed to believe that people in our world, even in our own town, are going hungry because if God wanted them to have proper food, God would provide it. But I don't believe that that's how God works because God is not simply present in our lives to let things happen or to take things from us or to invite hardship so that God can be glorified. But rather, I do believe that in all things, good, bad, or otherwise, God is present. And God's redemptive love can bring hope and good from them. Do you hear the difference in those? That that doesn't mean God wants bad things to happen, but God is with us when they do. God longs to give us more. God longs to give us joy and freedom and the ability to make decisions. And sometimes that freedom is paired with decisions that we make that means we choose love and kindness. It means that we have opportunities to live into doing good in the world as so many people do every day. And that's when we experience the best part of this, right? Right? It's why we have things like our ongoing partnerships with the PAC program in our schools to provide food for hungry children when they're not at school. Or why we partner with Roosevelt Elementary School just down the road in which we collect different items every month to support our teachers and our students and our classrooms. Similarly, it's why we have a different mission of the month here every week, every month in our church, supporting different local or national or global mission partners as we use our gifts and our freedom of choice to enrich lives around us. This month's mission of the month, if you missed that announcement in our bulletin, is Jenkins Living Center next door. We have that giving tree, the old Christmas tree that's still sitting in the back as a reminder with lights a bright that we can support and care for our neighbors around us, providing for residents at Jenkins in large and small ways alike, because we are called to love our neighbors. We are called to be light that provides goodness all around us if we choose to live into that. And I could go on and on with more examples of this goodness that we could offer, but the reality is that we know that even amidst all of the positive examples, and we know there are times when our freedom and ability to make choices can be positive, the other side of that can come leading to not such positive results, can't it? Sometimes our decisions are risks that have potential to harm ourselves or others. Not always intentionally, mind you. Some of us make the most faithful decisions trying to do the very best we can and that we're not going to get it right every time. And so our decisions can lead to terrible circumstances or accidents that can't be reversed no matter how much we will them to. Now, of course, this does not mean that every terrible thing that happens has someone somewhere to blame for it but it isn't because it isn't as easy or as simple as that. Sometimes bad things just happen. Sometimes that cancer diagnosis is going to come upon us and there is nothing we could have done to prevent it. No matter how much we want there to be, there is not always a reason for these bad things happening. And yet no matter how true that is, no matter how sure we may be, that God hasn't longed for or caused terrible things to happen in our lives or in our world, one powerful, hopeful, abundant truth still remains. And that is that through it all, God is with us. God is with us in the best of times. God is with us in the absolute worst of times. And better than that, God isn't just with us, but God comes to us longing to bring good news that we can live into because God comes to us with the capacity and the ability to promise to make all things new, to bring more positive than we can imagine out of more difficult than we would ever wish for someone, to bring hope out of despair, to bring healing out of our brokenness. Now, again, I ask, does that mean that God wants these bad things to happen so that God can be glorified in them? No, of course not. But I do think that God wants us to know that no matter what's happening, God is with us and there is always hope and light that is yet to come. God longs for us to know that we are never alone And that God draws near to us, perhaps in these moments, especially to comfort us, to guide us, to bless us. Do you hear that good news, friends? That wherever you find yourself, no matter what terrible things you have seen or experienced or wondered about, no matter any of these things, there is one thing that I believe God wants you to know, that God wants all of us to know. And that is that no matter what you are going through, you never have to go through it alone. Now, some days, of course, that's hard to remember. But we are assured through the life and the death of Jesus that this is a promise that is with us for eternity. Because Christ came to assure us that no matter what happens, God is with you. God walks alongside us just as God walked alongside his disciples. God longs to be the shoulder that we cry on, the ear that will listen to you, the hand to hold you, and the peace to comfort you. Because no matter what you are going through, no matter where you have been or what you have done or what you have left undone or what may be yet to come, you are never alone and you are never abandoned for God will walk with you. That, my friends, is good news. That no matter what may come, may God's peace and God's comfort and God's hope are present for you in abundance. May we heed this invitation, embrace this good news, and live as a people of hope. Let's pray together. Generous and loving God, God who is present in all times and all circumstances and all matters under heaven. We are grateful for the ways that you walk alongside us, for the ways you provide comfort in our grief, for the ways, oh God, that you indeed walk alongside and comfort us. May you help us to faithfully trust in you in our most difficult alongside our most joy-filled of moments, to know that you long for us to live good and faithful lives and that even as we do so, Jesus never promised that bad things wouldn't happen, but that he does promise we will be walking with him by our side every step of the way. Help us to remember, embrace, and trust in this truth this day and every day. In the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.